the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 Well, tonight on Contending for the Faith, we continue with the eighth point in our series on not giving place to the devil. In our world today, we are constantly, constantly being bombarded by many voices and a multitude of messages. As Christians, do we have the discernment to recognize who's behind these voices that influence our culture today? Which begs the question, how often do we get in trouble by listening to the wrong voices? How often do we get into trouble by listening to the voice of the enemy himself with his evil suggestions, suggesting the wrong things to us? Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will continue to bring us 17 demonic D's. That Satan whispers into our thoughts. So stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight and uplifted in the Lord by our program tonight. Uh, we've been talking about these various D's, 17 D's, as it relates to uh, Satan using many different uh, instruments to try to neutralize us and deceive us. And so we want to talk about tonight uh, two of these D's uh, as we get uh, further into this teaching. And we said last week we're going to be dealing with uh, discontentment as well as dealing with uh, a person who uh, struggles with discord discord in the body of Christ. So uh, this is what we want to talk about tonight, uh, discontentment and discord. You know, uh, discontentment is something that uh, all of us struggle with. All of us go through struggles with discontentment. And if we don't deal with discontentment in the right way, we can fall into the, the next D is discord. And uh, discontentment, if we were to define it, it simply means a lack of contentment. You see, and the Lord has called us through the scriptures to be people of contentment. And we can be contentment and we can get into contentment or we can be contentious. You know, this is what happens with so many people. They are contentious rather than into contentment. And the scriptures makes it very clear to us in the 
in Philippians 4 and 11, the Apostle Paul says, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therefore to be content. You see, and the devil wants to make us restless. He wants to make us wearisome. He wants to make us in a state of troubleness. And this is the thing that we need to understand. When we fall into this D of discontentment, we lack contentment and are dissatisfied uh, with one's circumstances. And we start to get into grumbling and mumbling and grievous attitudes, and we can fall into bitterness, which leads to a lot of other things that uh, can open up Pandora's box to all sorts of evil. Now, to be discontented uh, simply means with everybody uh, that uh, is on this planet that everyone, including me and you and everyone that's listening to this program, we've all fallen into the spirit of discontentment. And uh, everybody struggles with it at time. We've experienced being discontented, and uh, uh, not only ourselves, and we've been discontented with ourselves and with our family, uh, with our parents, amen to that, and parents with their children. And sometimes you can be into discontentment with your marriage and uh, with your in-laws who can become outlaws. And with your job, some people are discontented with their job and with their church and with their community. And then how many of us are discontented with the election? <laughs> I can say a healthy amen to that with, with both parties. And so uh, we fall into the spirit of discontentment all the time. And so uh, if we're not careful, if we are not praying for contentment, like the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, we are getting to a spirit of discontentment. And and so God can give us the grace and the strength and the power to work through discontentment because we all struggle with that. And he can give us purpose and meaning in life because discontentment can lead to bitterness and unforgiveness. And bitterness can lead to a fruit of discontentment. And then when you get into a spirit of discontentment and bitterness, you start to get into a spirit of discord. And uh, the Bible says that uh, there are some people that don't understand, uh, you know, uh, Proverbs 6, when it says one of the things that God hates is discord among the brethren. Now, let me share with you some things that uh, discontentment can lead to. It can, I want to just share with you three things that discontentment can lead to. It can lead to, uh, number one, complaining and grumbling and gossiping. And discontentment can lead, number two, to discord. And Proverbs chapter 6 says, God hates sowing discord among the brethren. And number three, Discontentment can lead to distraction by the enemy of our souls to distract us in the most important matters of life. We start to major in the minors, and we start to get into all of these things. And so all of us need to pray every day before we start the day off. Not only put the armor on, but you need to commit to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11 
and say the same thing that the Apostle Paul says, for I have learned. See, you have to learn to be contentment through the Word of God. If you don't study the Word of God and you don't saturate your spirit in the Word of God daily. See, a verse a day keeps the devil away. A chapter a day keeps the devil away. If you don't study the Word of God and learn, Jesus said, learn of me in Matthew chapter 11, 28 and 29. Learn. If you don't learn of Jesus, you will not learn to be a person of contentment. You'll become contagious. And then also just a person who's constantly with a cancerous spirit about you in everything that you do. Now, let me also say this, that this spirit of discontentment and discord uh, from uh, the Word of God started long time ago. I want to kind of take you back. If you go with me, I want to take you back a little ways in terms of this discontentment and discord. Where did this stuff originate from? Because it's apparently in our universe today. And where did it originate from? Well, we learned that in 1 John 3 and 8, this teaches us that the devil sinned from the beginning. And Revelation 12 and 9 says that the old serpent called the devil and Satan. So this uh, discontentment and discord started long ago in heaven with the enemy. He was the first one to get into a spirit of discontentment. And then when he fell into that because of pride, when he fell into that, the next thing that he did was he created a, 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 a community of discord and had some angels on his side to rebel against against the things of God. It tells us in Ezekiel 28 and 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. And then Isaiah 14 and 13 and 14, it it, it talks about, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high. So he was not contented. See, when you're not into contentment, you will fall into a spirit of discontentment. That's why we need to learn the word of God. When we learn the word of God, we'll be contented and we will be at rest and we'll be at peace. Are you restless, my friend? Are you troubled? Are you bothered? Are you just getting gray hairs quickly on your body? Are you just worried? Are you getting ulcer? Are you just stressful? Can you sleep at night? All of these things. And and you need to pray for God to help you to be with the spirit of contentment. You know, the thing is, when you have a spirit of contentment, Whether you have a lot of money or whether you have a little bit of money, the Apostle Paul says, I've learned to be content whether I have much or whether I have little. And see, we are just so worried about what's what's the next time I'm going to get the amount of money I need and uh, the right job and uh, the, the right lady, the right wife. And we worry and we stress about all these things. And we need to get on our knees and pray and ask God to help us to be a people of contentment. 
But the way you become like that is to learn of Jesus. You don't just pray that prayer. You have to learn the word of God, and and you have to apply it daily, and you have to get into scriptures that will give you rest and give you peace. See, the scriptures makes it very clear uh, that thou wilt keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And see, uh, the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Make your request known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. See, when you are a people of contentment, God will guard your heart. You know, he'll give you that peace that passes all understanding. But the Bible says the wicked is like the troubled sea tossed to and fro. You know, you cannot find the right peace and contentment until you get in the word of God and let the word of God get into you. See, a lot of us fall like the enemy into a spirit of pride. Satan got into the spirit of pride. And the next thing would happen was he fell into a spirit of discontentment. And then he fell into a spirit of discord. See, those two always follow each other. They're like a hand in a glove. When you get into a spirit of discontentment, God will not only cause allow you to suffer, but he'll also judge you. Look at the children of Israel. All they did was complain to Moses all the time. They were discontented, and they caused discord amongst the brethren in Israel, and God had to judge them over and over and over. And he's judging churches today. He's judging homes today. He's ju- judging people today because they are not being a people of contentment. And I want to say this in closing. The thing that also helps us to be a people of contentment is to have an ongoing area of worship with God. Satan rebelled against the worship of God in heaven. And because he didn't have the worship right, his service was not right. See, when we are worshiping God right, the service is right. And Satan comes into the world today to distort people from being a people of worship of God. People are worshiping idols. They're worshiping every other thing but the right God, even false religions. And when the enemy came to Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, he says, all the kingdoms of the world I'll give to thee if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, rebuked them, said, get thee behind me. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thy serve. Now, notice how Jesus puts worship before service. Do you not know when he was rebuking the enemy, Jesus put worship before service? If your worship is not right, then your service is not right. A lot of people want to be a people of service, but your worship with God daily, along with him, having that personal relationship with God every day makes your service with God right. So the enemy, he got off kilter with his worship, and then his service was off kilter, and then he got into a spirit of pride, and then he got into a spirit of discontentment, and then he caused discord among the brethren. And see, we need to pray to God and repent of these idols that we have been making. And God says in Exodus 20, Thou shalt have no other idol before me, no other God before me. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Repent and get into worship and the service of God. Brother Gary. 
Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick the phone up. Give us a call. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you. If you have questions or comments, we're here to entertain those questions and comments. Once again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we do want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick that phone up and let us know what's on your mind. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. If you need Questions answered. We're going to help you answer those questions. Again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. And once again, we want to we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been in prayer for contending for the faith. We need each and everyone's prayers for this program. We want to also thank those who gave over the past week: Valerie and Jackie, Scott, Rick, Jerry, and Nancy. Uh, we are a listener-supported ministry, and, you know, we need your help. It's that simple. It costs 400 a week to stay on the air to do this program. Uh, we need you to step up. Don't take a vacation from your giving. If you're blessed by Dr. Buckner's teaching and, you know, if this program has blessed you over the years, consider sending a donation to help us out. Um, we can't do this program without you. We need your partnership through prayer. We need your partnership through giving. And there's two ways you can give. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or the second way is so much easier. Simply get on your tablet, your laptop, your desktop, or your smartphone and go to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click the donate button. And it's that simple. And away you go. You'll be a blessing to the ministry. You'll be a blessing to those who listen to the ministry. And you'll be a blessing to many, many, many multitudes of folks for time and eternity. Uh, just a quick announcement. We will be out of the studio for the next two weeks, so it will be a pre, two pre-recorded messages over the next two weeks. We'll be re-airing an interview Dr. Buckner did with Bob and Gretchen Passantino on Halloween. Uh, this interview was done way back in uh, 1999, so it is one of the best of Contending for the Faith uh, episodes. Um, it's one of the classic ones, and it's uh, Bob and Gretchen are experts in the area and on the topic of Halloween. So it's a real timely message, real important message. You won't want to miss it. And then the following week, we will re-air a program Dr. Buckner did himself on Halloween. So these are two exciting programs that you don't want to miss. So once again, next for the next two weeks, we'll have the best of contending for the faith. There won't be, you won't be able to call in, but you certainly will be blessed by listening. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. We appreciate the announcements, and uh, we are looking forward to um, these uh, pre-recorded programs. It's going to be a really blessing to you, and Bob and Gretchen Passantino 
uh, are both gone to be with the Lord uh, right now, and they were uh, mentored under Walter Martin. And uh, so uh, we uh, did a program in 1999 on Halloween, and we covered a lot of different things um, in terms of Halloween, the history, the pros and cons, and we dealt with uh, Anton Zandalevay, who was over the First Church of Satan. He's passed on now as well. And uh, we cover a lot of other things on what people can do uh, on Halloween. So you don't want to miss next uh, weekend's program, as well as the weekend after that, where I give a teaching on it as well. So we're looking forward to uh, everybody being uh, blessed uh, with that. So uh, we praise the Lord for that. So what we're going to do right now is get to uh, some callers right now and uh, see what's on uh, their their hearts. Um, we have what uh, Deborah first. Uh, looks like Deborah's up first. Hello, Hi. Deborah. How are you? I am blessed uh, always. Oh, that's good. We've been uh, trusting that uh, God is doing a mighty work in your life and uh, working through and for you. Uh, well. He's trying when I let him. Amen. Well, well keep letting him. Yeah, keep letting him. Don't don't don't, don't resist uh, the work of the Lord because he's trying to do a a new work in you and through you. So uh, don't resist uh, him and don't resist uh, the Holy Spirit that wants to work uh, in and and through you as well. He always wins anyway. So I don't know what you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you may as well cut the, the the process short. Let him go. That's right. Let let him have his way. That's okay. right. You let him have his way and get out the way. Yep. Okay. There you go. There my, you go. Um, my question uh, is two separate questions. Okay, so let's I, go with your let's go with your first question. What's your first um, question? Saul was named Saul by his parents, but then he said Paul. Who named him Paul? Did he do that, or did the Lord give him that name? The Lord gave him that name. Yeah, the Lord gave him that name because uh, Paul, you know what Paul means? No. Paul actually means little. And Paul and, and Paul in stature was a small man. So uh, actually the Lord gave him that anointed name, and... Um, and that's the thing that's uh, interesting about uh, Paul is that uh, uh, he is he means little. So uh, when you do an exegetical study of the Apostle Paul, you'll find in the books a book of Acts that he uh, consistently stands on these stairs when he's speaking because he was a short man and um, a little man, and that's one of the reasons why I believe a lot of people uh, not only hated him because of the gospel, but because uh, of his size, and uh, so those are two things. Oh, they were, they were bigoted then, huh? Oh, yeah, more than one way, so that's uh, what it is. So yeah, his name was uh, changed from uh, Saul to uh, Paul, and uh, the Lord was the one that g- gave him that name. Oh, okay. And uh, also, um, when, when he was... Uh, preaching, he would often say that the Lord changed his nature, which he did, and he does, because in our old nature, we are sinners. In our new nature, we're not, right? Well, the thing about it is, he he, he doesn't, um, well, it's an oxymoron, 
uh, he actually gives us a new nature. He he actually gives us a new nature, and the old nature is still there. Um, that's yeah. why Paul well, we says to let the new nature have it. Right, right, and and this is the thing. This is the thing that that's an, an important with that is that mankind uh, has um, uh, one nature when he is born into the world. He has the nature of his first father, uh, Adam, mm-hmm. and, sin, and when he's born again, he gets a new nature, which is from the second Adam in in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. So he gets a new nature that Christ gives. But those two natures continuously battle against each other. And that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 7, every time I try to do good, evil is present with me. Thing I, I hate, that is what I do, an old wretched man that I am. So in Romans chapter 7, there's a battle between the old nature and the new nature. And then the answer is really not found in the new nature. A lot of people don't realize that. They think that when they are born again that they will no longer have problems because they have a new nature. Oh, you don't, I know that I'll have problems. I've done that for a long time. Yeah, but even even with that, is they need to understand that the way you overcome the problems is not in the new nature. The way you overcome the problems is in the Spirit of God. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us power to be raised from whatever those problems are. And so that's why it, it lets us know uh, in Romans chapter 8 that Paul finds relief because he immediately gets into the Spirit. The Spirit is mentioned so many times in Romans chapter 8. And then you look at Galatians 5 and 22, he says, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So the Spirit gives you power to have self-control. And then First John 4 and 4, you remember that scripture where John says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the Holy Spirit is greater than anything that's in the world, the flesh, the world, as well as Satan. So that's important for us to understand that you cannot find victory in the new nature. You just have uh, the attributes of Christ. But the thing that activates that new nature into power is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, okay. praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your questions. Um, can I can I uh, ask you a question? Well, let's do this because we have so many callers. Why don't you hold that question, and next next time we come on, you. Oh no! You can, I mean about about Nancy. Is uh, are you going to be home, or are you going to be out of town? Uh, well, uh, we will probably be out of town, but uh, yeah, we'll be out of town. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was thinking I could talk to you when you were not on the air. Yeah. Well, we'll try to get a hold of you sometime. Okay. All right. God bless you. God bless you, too. All righty. Love you. Love you as well. Thank you for your call and your question. You're welcome. Well, let's get to our next caller, uh, Brother Gary. Okay, Gary. let's go to Brother CC on line two. Brother CC, are you there? Yeah. How are you doing? All right, how are you doing? Well, we're truly blessed tonight. God is good and worthy to be praised. That's good. Hey. I want to ask you. I just want to make sure you you got you're not going to be in the studio next week. We won't be in the studio for a couple of weeks. We will be we will be back on uh, November the fifth, November the fifth, and so. But we will have the best of contending for the faith. We'll have two programs on uh, Halloween, and we will have Bob and Gretchen Passantino, a program that I did uh, back in 1999. 
Um, and uh, one of the guys that was uh, the announcer at the time was Sean Hayes. Uh, Gary was still with us, but he did the program with me that day. And then uh, you will really be blessed by those two people. They're gone to be with the Lord now. And then uh, the following Saturday, it will be a program with me on uh, Halloween. That's something that we've done before that many people have been blessed with. So uh, so we'll be back uh, November the 5th. Okay. Amen. Amen. So what's on your heart tonight? I want to ask you uh, two questions. Uh, the first one is, has to do with uh, Philippians chapter uh, 3 in uh, verse 10. Okay, why don't you read that? Okay, it says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And uh, this little participle right here, I wanted to ask you if you can help me with this. I know the Bible, the verse deals with more of that, but it's when it says, you know, he said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. What does he mean by that? That I want that, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Mostly that last, last, last one where it says the power of his resurrection. What does he mean by that? Okay. What, what he means by this is this, okay, that I may know him. That means in the Greek, that it's saying in the Greek that that I will have a deeper personal relationship with uh, Christ, that I will grow deeper in that relationship with him. And when I grow deeper in that relationship with him, I will even have a greater knowledge and understanding of the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And then when I, because when I grow in the knowledge of Christ, and I grow deeper into that knowledge, then I will grow deeper into understanding the power of his resurrection, that the resurrection is not just something that where we discover that Christ was rose from the dead, that he had the power to raise himself up from the dead. So Christ raised himself up from the dead. How do we know that? We know that from... uh, First uh, John, I mean, John chapter 2, 19 uh, through uh, uh, 21. So he says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So he raised himself up from the dead. And uh, also in John 10, um, you know, 17, 18, Jesus said, no man take my life. I lay it down on myself, and I have the power to take it up again. So that's one aspect of the power of the resurrection is to know that he raised himself from the dead, as well as the Father, Galatians 1 and 1. The Father raised him from the dead. That's power. Jesus raised himself from the dead. That's power. And then we learn also in Romans chapter 8, also that the Holy Spirit raised him up from the dead as well. So when the three persons of the Godhead raised him up from the dead, that's one aspect of that truth in that knowledge. But also when you look at Romans chapter 8, when it talks about the Holy Spirit raising him up from the dead, you will find there also that 
we might be quickened also by the power of the resurrection. So Paul wanted to learn not only about Christ and his resurrection and the power, but he wanted to learn how that power would also raise him from the dead in the future, but also give him power to deal with everything else in life. Because when the, the thing about the power of the resurrection the power of the resurrection was so real with the early church that they knew that the more they learned about it, they would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be a greater witness for Christ. So in the book of Acts, you hear them constantly teaching about the resurrection and the power of the resurrection because that enhanced them and gave them power to also be powerful in dealing with everything that they faced in life, even to the point of death, because they realized that since Christ rose from the dead and God gave him power to rise from the dead. They knew that even in their persecution, that's why it says, know the fellowship of his suffering. They knew also that even if they died, that that power that raised Christ from the dead will also raise them from the dead and give them power too. So they didn't fear death. They didn't fear persecution. They knew that the, when they would die for Christ, that would bring them sooner with the Lord to be with him, and they were rejoicing in that. So this is a marvelous scripture here. It's a powerful, and I want to say one more thing, that a lot of times when we talk about the power of the resurrection, Paul is saying don't leave the other side of that out because it's one thing to know about the power of the resurrection. Most Christians love to hear that. But the fellowship of his suffering, we don't want to hear that side of it, but that's part of of the power of the resurrection, that we're going to suffer like Christ did. But the hope of that suffering is that we will be raised from the dead just like he was. And then it talks about being conformable into his death, to be like him in his death, to be to be like our Savior in his death in the suffering that he suffered. So this is a tremendous scripture, and hopefully I've given you some insight on it. So eloquently put together. Thank you very much. Amen. We have about a minute or so. Let's get your prayer request so we can get that in, and then we're going to get to Jermaine uh, after we come back from the commercial break. But let's hear what's on your heart about your prayer requests. Okay. Uh, I guess you don't you have time to answer the other other question. Uh, I guess I have to do it next week or, some, or next week come back. Well, you know what? Uh, let's do this. Uh, what's your other question? I just wanted to ask a quick question. Um, in terms of, you know, you know, you have a lot of young adults between the ages of 18 to 45 who go to um, Bible seminary, Bible college to, to learn the gospel, and then a lot of them aspire to be young pastors. But what do you say about a lot of these young people who go into these colleges, professors, and then they're being uh, taught doctrine is not true, and then they go out and they spread this doctrine into the churches as they teach and preach? Um, what do you think would be solution to that, you know, with these young people between the ages of 1845 who are being misled and wanted to teach, and teach, aspire to teach that and are misleading people in the flock. Well, I have a good answer for that because being a professor, I'm uh, really aware of what's going on in our in the uh, religious world and in seminaries, Bible colleges, and so forth. See, what, what happens with this age group uh, is a serious issue. And, and I mean, the the ultimate thing is knowing the Word of God, because, you know, that's really important, but also people in churches teaching them. What happens oftentimes where people go wrong is that in a lot of our churches, uh, this is what has happened. 
in a lot of our churches, we learn stories about King David. We learn about Samson and uh, Goliath and stuff like that. We learn about, uh, you know, David killing Goliath and stuff like that. We learn about these stories, but we hardly ever teach people about who Jesus is, who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, and and essential doctrines that is essential for the Christian faith and the power of the resurrection, the bodily resurrection. So when uh, people grow up or come up in a church where they haven't learned that, and they end up going to a liberal Bible college or a liberal church or a liberal seminary, I went to a seminary. I'm going to share a story with you. I went to a seminary, and I was teaching on the Trinity, and I, I was teaching that Jesus was God, and one of the students jumped up. I had Rick with me, and one of the students jumped up and said, Jesus never taught that he was God. Now, this is a seminary student in a, in a uh, well-known seminary that jumped up and said this. And after I talked with him for a while and broke it down to him, he started to believe it. But what had happened is he never got those foundational truths in his home and in his church. And, you know, it's one thing to say, read the Bible, but it's it's up to the leaders also to disciple. We got to disciple and train people in the churches so that they'll know essential doctrines. When they don't know essential doctrines, it opens up Pandora's box for all evils in the world to come. So what I'm advocating is that we teach people the whole counsel of God in the home, it starts in the home with parents teaching them, like, you know, remember Timothy? He learned from his mother and his grandmother. He was soundly taught in his home. And then, secondly, he was soundly taught by Paul in the church. And then the next thing you know, that he went out and he was a sound believer in the Lord because he had the whole counsel of God. We need more Timothys, and the way we're going to get more Timothys is for us to teach sound doctrine like Timothy got from his mother and his grandmother and then from Paul, spiritual fathers that will teach them sound doctrine, and then it protects them from all of this false teachings that's around us in the world today. That's critical points that I mentioned there because I, I really have a keen understanding of this problem that's going on here. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah. If you have time to pray for me, you got to go through a commercial break. We'll, we'll go to a quick prayer right quick, and, and then uh, that way we'll get everything out the way. So what's on your heart? Just pray for me, my mother, my family, and um, I got some pressure around my head, and just in general, you know, just a lot of things we've already been discussing. And if you can, Will Smith has been on my heart a lot, and so I want to pray for him and his family that, that he would come to know Christ and that he can, as a young man, could, could you know, be able to um, be a airway to other people. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for Brother C.C. We pray, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in his life today, whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, whether it's a financial need, Lord God, you are the God who supplies all of our need. We lift up his family, that you bless them, protect them, and keep them safe, Lord God. We lift up Will Smith, as well as as many other entertainers of influence, Lord God, that you would... You would touch their lives and bring salvation into their hearts, Lord God, that they would be a positive witness and an influence to the, the, with the platform that you've given them. We thank you, praise you, and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and thank you, Cece, for your good questions. Those are some very good questions. We appreciate it, and uh, your prayer requests as well. 
God bless you and keep you, my brother. And we hope to talk to you again around November the 5th. Uh, brother Gary? Well, once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Colts, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we do want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. Give us a call. That number again, one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And uh, we just want to once again, thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith. And we also want to thank those of you who have consistently uh, partnered with us financially to support this ministry. This is a listener-supported ministry, and without your support, we'll have a big problem with folks trying to listen. Let me tell you, it's so important that you're consistent in your prayers and that you're consistent in your giving so that can so that we can remain on the air continuing to bring you the type of quality programming that you enjoy so much every Saturday night to continue to provide reasons and answers for faith, to answer your questions, to to pray with you, uh, to provide you the support that you need in order to be successful in your Christian walk. This is what we do. This is what we believe God has called us to do. And we want to continue to do that work with your help. There's two ways you can help us. There's two ways you can give. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much simpler. Simply go on to your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop, your desktop, your computer, and go online to contendingfaith.org. Hit the donate button and away you go. That's contendingfaith.org. And you can be a blessing for time and eternity. Once again, we want to let you know that the next two weeks, we will not have a live uh, uh, broadcast, but we will have two of the best of Contending for the Faith. Uh, we'll be re-airing an interview with Dr. Buck- that Dr. Buckner did with Bob and Gretchen Passantino on the subject of Halloween. These two folks who have gone to be with the Lord now um, were experts in the field of Halloween, giving answers and uh, the history of it and what, how we as Christians should respond to it. Uh, this interview was done back in 1999, so it is one of the best of contending for the faith. In addition to that, the following week, we're going to air uh, Dr. Buckner himself did a, a very informative program on Halloween. And so you're going to get two really great broadcasts. You won't be able to phone in on those two weeks, but we want to encourage you to listen in because you will be blessed. You will learn quite a bit. And as Halloween approaches, it's important for us as Christians to be able to respond that to questions that people may have about this very interesting topic. So much goes on during this time of year where people want to know, should we participate? Shouldn't we participate? If we do participate, how should we? Should our children be allowed to go out? What what should Christians do um, along the lines of Halloween? Well, to the answer to those questions, tune in next week. I'm going to leave you in suspense there. <laughs> So, Dr. Buckner, here we are. We're going to go to our next phone call. Yeah, before we do that, uh, before we get to Jermaine, I just want to let people know as well, the second uh, uh, 
series that we'll do on Halloween uh, is what uh, myself and Brother Gary and we want you to make sure that you listen at the beginning of that because uh, Brother Gary does an imitation of Vincent Price. And um, <laughs> as for those who don't know of Vincent Price, tell them a little bit about Vincent Price, Brother Gary. You know, I'm, I'm amazed that uh, there's a generation of folks now, um, you know, of a certain age range that really aren't familiar with who Vincent Price was. Uh, he's a very famous Hollywood actor who's most noted for his horror films, right? And for those of you who have a Michael Jackson thriller album, you'll hear him on the the song Thriller at the end uh, as he does the scary monologue at the end of the song. That's Vincent Price's voice that you hear. But he's famous for, you know, a lot of uh, Edgar Allan Poe movies, House of Usher, and, of course, Dr. Fibes. And uh, so when we did that Halloween episode, you know, we kind of pulled out some of the stops and he showed up anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. So you don't want to miss that. You'll be blessed by seeing the multi-talented Gary Bell there. All righty. Well, let's get to our next caller. That's Brother Jermaine. Jermaine, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well. Well, so good to hear from you, my brother. We trust your family's doing well in the Lord and everybody. Yeah, everybody is good. Well, good, good. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, I just had a question on as far as how do you discern God's will versus your own. And a quick example, I've been praying about a particular job, and then a job in, a, in an area I'm already in opened up, and uh, it would be a tremendous blessing for me. The door seemed to just kind of fly open, and I was like, you know, that's not necessarily what I wanted, but I would do it. And I was wondering, is that kind of going against the will of God? You know, I'm discerning whether or not that's his will for me, or am I trying to make my own will? How, how would you say I can do that biblically? Well, you know, let me just kind of like break down to you um, uh, some uh, principles on discerning the will of God. And and you may want to even uh, write this down, and I can um, have Brother Gary, too, to add to this. Uh, when I get through sharing some things with you, but um, just write this down as an opener that when people generally ask me the question about the how to discern the will of God in their lives, I generally tell them to write down the, uh, first of all, the three W's, because you want to know the three W's, and the first W is uh, know God's will. That's the first W. The second W is God's ways. That's the second W. And then the third W is God's work. So now, how do we discern those things? How do we know it? Now, I want you to write down four other principles. And when you live by this, it'll help you tremendously. And I want you to just kind of like keep in mind, how do you know God's will uh, through different uh, things in life? So uh, so we're going to kind of like build on the word through, Okay. Uh, how do we know God's will through these uh, various four points that I'm going to raise, uh, bring to your attention? So the first way is to know God's will is through his word. So that's how we know God's uh, will is to go to the word of God and say, God, you know, through your word, 
you know, you have your perfect uh, precepts and principles and lay it out before me. As I'm studying your word, lay it out before me. And sometimes God will just take you to certain verses of Scripture that will relate specifically to what you're dealing with in the situation. The second way is through uh, other godly people. So you got first through his word. So that's why you got to get in the word, let the word of God get into you. The second way is through other godly people. Now, what do I mean by that? People who have the gift of prophecy. When I say the gift of prophecy, I'm not saying the gift of the office of a prophet. The, the office of a prophet and apostle has ceased, but the prophetic gift of prophecy is still in operation. There's no prophet today that actually can foretell the future, because when you look at Hebrews chapter 1, it says, in, in sun-dry times, God spoke to the people through the prophets in these last days. He speaks to us through his son. So, um, so God can speak through godly people who have the gift of prophecy, so the, that there's no such thing as someone for foretelling the future, but can foretell the future. And that's the gift of prophecy, to foretell it. And so these godly people have the gift of prophecy. You go to them, you seek, they have the spirit of discernment with them, and they know the will of God for themselves because they've been through it. They've been in it and through it. Now, the third way is through circumstances, through circumstances or various circumstances. So certain things will happen in your life where God will allow through sometime tragedy, sickness, death, others uh, going through things that God will speak uh, through to you that way. That's another way. And then the fourth way is through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because in the Johannian Gospel, in the Gospel of John, you go to the Holy Spirit and you simply say that you promise to teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance. So if the Holy Spirit said that, uh, you know, that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, that he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, then go to him and say, teach me and show me what your will is. And he will, he will do that through these, these four principles here. So hopefully that'll help you out. Yeah, I got every one of them. I'm going to study that tonight. That's good. And uh, we're going to have Brother Gary to say something quickly and then bring it home. So appreciate your call and your question, and we hope to see you, talk to you again on November the 5th. Brother Gary. All right. Just quickly, you know, maintain that personal time with the Lord, that that one-on-one uh, -on -one time. If you're doing that on a regular basis, you'll, you'll know. He'll teach you. Well, all right. We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And once again, we'd like to thank you, our listening audience. We want to thank... Vince, our engineer, and Brother E, our phone counselor. And uh, we just want to say, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time. We once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.